Welcome to Make It Simple, where we take complicated issues and with the help of an expert, break them down into ideas we can understand, truths we can apply, and questions worth pondering. I'm your host, Matt Popovitz, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Rachel Ryder. Rachel, what are we talking about today? Oh, Matt, we're just talking about politics. No big deal. Oh, politics, you know, the, the thing everyone likes to argue over and get... The thing maybe, everybody you know, like, has an opinion on. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. The thing your aunt likes to post about on Facebook all the time. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> so so yeah, we're, we're talking politics. In particular, we're going to talk about uh, how people of faith can view their politics as an extension of their faith. And with us on the program today is someone who knows a little bit about this. Who, who is our expert today, Rachel? We have with us Michael Weir. Yeah, Michael is a strategist, speaker, and practitioner of the intersection of faith, politics, and public life. If you're not familiar with Michael's work, uh, Michael is one of the youngest White House staffers in modern American history. He worked with the Obama administration. He's also the founder of Public Square Strategies, LLC, and previously served as chief strategist and member of the executive team for the AND campaign. And he's the author of the excellent book, Reclaiming Hope. Lessons Learned in the Obama White House and the Future of Faith in America. You can also find his work over at Substack at reclaiminghope.substack.com. Rachel, what are you hoping we dig into in our conversation with Michael today about politics? You know, I I don't want to hear specifics on points of views. Like, that's not the way I want to talk about politics today. I want to talk about politics in a in a more pulled back fashion like what yeah. how does a believer how should we be approaching politics because i think there's this idea like christians are this party or they're this party and i don't hmm. that's not how god created us like we all have different points of view it's just we've kind of lost that like everybody's free to have their own point of view mentality i think and so i'm interested to hear from somebody who is in the weeds and like this has been his life and he's been entrenched in it and like what does a believer do with politics, especially in like the 2020, 2021 era and all that we've been through in the past few years, I think, especially adults, like it's just um, been in front of us more than it has been in a long time. Yeah, if I, if I know Michael's work well, and I think I do, you know, Michael's not going to you know prescribe a particular party allegiance. What he's going to talk about is what it means to be faithful mm-hmm. with your political engagement regardless of the party that you're drawn to. And because I think that's ultimately the bigger question. You know, a lot of times people want to say, well, who's right, the Democrats, the Republicans? Sure. And and really for people of faith, the, the question is is different. It's not about, well, which party is right. It, it's it's a question of regardless of which party I I, I lean toward or, or am, am prone to prescribe myself to or, or be, be devoted to, what does it mean to be faithful in my following of Jesus as I live out my my political beliefs and, and I make decisions that impact my neighbor. That, that like, that's the biggest question. And so uh, my hope is as we as we dive in with Michael to just really dive into that uh, mm-hmm. and get right at the heart of it. What does it mean for a person of faith to be faithful in and through their political engagement? So l- l- let's not waste any time. This is a big and important and frankly heated topic. So so we need to to take all the time we can with Michael. So So here it is. It's our conversation with Michael Ware about politics. Michael, thanks for joining us on Make It Simple. I'm excited to chat with you today. Yeah, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. 
So we wanted to talk politics with you. I know that's your your wheelhouse, to say the least. Um, and in particular, I wanted to start here. Uh, I've heard you say in a number of forums that that you believe politics is a great way to show love for your neighbor. Uh, what in the world do you mean by that? Yeah. So uh, politics is an essential forum in which we can love our neighbor. And you know that that means it means a, a few things. One, it's important. It's an essential forum. So it's not the only forum. May not even be the best forum. It's an essential one. So, um, uh, so, 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 so that's critical. Why is it essential? Well, it's essential because it's a forum, an area of responsibility that God has given us by virtue of the fact that we live in this time and place. So you know, this is for those in representative democracies i'm thinking you know particularly i'm i'm speaking to the to the american context and so uh, you know it's really important to understand if you're an american citizen you do not choose to have political responsibility you already have it and so the 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 choice that you have to make is what you steward uh, how you steward that responsibility so so it's it's essential because god has has given us some sort of uh, uh, responsibility in that in that arena. It's also essential, and it's also a, a form in which we can love our neighbor because political decisions greatly impact the well-being of uh, of Americans, of those who uh, can vote, those who cannot, those who are citizens, those who are not, uh, and the world. And so we don't decide by ourselves the outcomes of political decisions, but we have our voice and we have our role and we just try and steward that to the best of our ability. And what happens when we sit out of our politics is uh, we, 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 we uh, forego uh, that, that, that area of responsibility, of responsibility that God has given to us. And, and that's really the Christian case for political engagement in a nutshell, isn't it? Like it, it's very clear that Christians are called to love their neighbor. I mean, Christ summarizes the, the whole law and the prophets, everything we're asked to do by God down to that, love your neighbor. And then because we are, you know, at least you and me, everybody on, on in this conversation and probably most of those listening in, we're all in this context where we have all this political influence and power and politics does affect my neighbor directly that that, I mean, that's the Christian case for political engagement in a nutshell. You're called to love your neighbor. Politics affects your neighbor. So care about politics, right? Yes, right. And, and love just means to, to will the good. And so, uh, and so in, in politics, we're seeking to will the good of our neighbors as best as we can discern and consultation with uh, community uh, and discernment with the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and, uh, that's what it looks, I mean, it's so, it's so, um, I think sometimes people struggle, uh, with, um, this idea that politics is this realm sort of set apart, sort of cordoned off by God. And so, um, what, what happens is, uh, folks are very sort of comfortable, uh, or at least they're more comfortable with the idea that, um, that, that God has something to say about how you handle your finances or how you treat your kids or your, your spouse. Uh, in politics, there, there, there seems to be this idea that um, the, the way of Jesus just doesn't hold up. And so therefore politics becomes this sort of no holds barred, uh, anything goes, you know, it's corrupt anyway. So 
to the extent that we're going to participate in politics at all, um, you know, it's going to be to pursue self-interest. Uh, it's going to be um, to uh, take out animosities against certain ideas or certain people. And and a big part of, of my work is, is um, not just for the benefit of politics and for the public, but as a matter of discipleship. Uh, we, we need we need to be holistic, integrated followers of Jesus Christ, and and that means uh, following Him in every area of our life, including the public, including the political. You, you mentioned making political decisions primarily out of self interest, and and you know my sense is that that's the primary motivator for a lot of people when they engage in politics, they go to the polls, is thinking what's best for me. But what you're putting forward and reminding us of is that from a Christian perspective. What's in it for me is not the primary political question we should be asking. It's it's what's the most possible possible good that can be done for for everybody else around me. Am I am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, so I've you know there are some who would say, you know, don't consider your interests at all. And, and what, what I've found is that we when we aren't explicit about what our self interest is, then that usually then our self-interest gets trafficked through speaking for others. And so I find that it's really helpful to identify what what your self-interest is in a particular issue, in a particular election, whatever, um, and consider that. I mean, mean, interest is built into our political system. And so it's not not, um, improper to consider uh, your your own interest um, at all in politics, but Christians have resources uh, because we find our security in Jesus. We are freed up uh, to have an other centered approach to life, including politics. And so, yes, we're freed up to consider and even prefer. You know, the Catholics have this idea of the preferential option for the poor, and so even if you're not poor yourself. As a as a Catholic, they say a Catholic social teaching would would teach that um, in in public decisions we ought to have a, a preferential option for the poor. We're we're preferring the the interests of the downtrodden when we think about political engagement. And I think that that's not uh, the, the the Catholics got that idea uh, from the Bible, and and I think it's a pretty I think it's a pretty relevant for for all of us. Just one more thing on this point, which is, um, and maybe we'll talk about this a bit more, right? Um, this is all a matter of discernment, and it's all a matter of prudence. And so we, uh, as individuals, and then again, in consultation with communities, with people we trust, and then uh, in discernment with the Holy Spirit, we try to discern what is the best way of loving our neighbor through politics. That does not mean that there's a Christian position on the vast, vast majority of political questions that we're confronted with. And I, I have more to say on that, but maybe we'll, we'll get into that a bit more later on. Well, 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 let's dive into that because that that's on my list of things to ask you about is, you know, you, you talk about trying to live an integrated life where even your politics is put in discipleship to Jesus, right? Of yes. you, you try, you try to press your politics into that mold of what does it mean to follow Jesus most closely? And, and yet what, 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 what I see as I try to do that is that I try to put my politics in submission to Jesus. And that means that on on certain issues, I fall in a very particular impassioned place, but somebody else who's also saying they're trying to follow Jesus, their their politics and their choice for certain policies is falling in a very different 
very passionate place. Yes. So, so, so what do you do with, with two people who both say they're trying to follow Jesus, yet they, their ordering of the most essential, most important issues is different. And their, their passion level is the same. And one is saying, well, well, I'm right because the most important issue is abortion. And the other person is saying, well, I'm right because the most important biblical issue is climate change. And they're voting for different people. How, how in the world do we make sense of that? We're all trying to be discerning, but we're discerning and ending up in different yeah. places. Well, so first, I say, thank goodness we're a body with different parts and different functions and different experiences that God has given us that lead to a different way of seeing things. And so that that'll be that'll be uh, that'll be that'll be one thing. The second thing I'd say is um, we need to be very careful about confusing religious dogma, sort of core Christian teaching, with uh, political opinions and the translation of those values or those teachings into the prudential area of public policy. This is like a very controversial topic right now, because uh, the easiest thing to do in politics uh, is to say, uh, 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 the Christian position on this issue or uh, in this election is this. And so if you're a real Christian, you'll support this. And if you're not, then you won't. Um, And uh, what what. A, that's a form of religious manip- manipulation and bullying. Uh, secondly, you're setting yourself up to discredit uh, your your not only your political opinions, but also the authority of the gospel. In, in, in other words, if if you say with equal veracity or with with with, with equal energy, um, uh, 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 you know, um, Jesus Christ. Uh, 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 died on the cross, rose from the rose from the dead, and uh, the uh, Christianity mandates this sort of public policy opinion. People on the outside looking in are going to uh, do one of two things: they're going to um, give your political opinion a divine stamp, and when your political opinion turns out to not be so solid, then they'll lead they'll lead them to questioning uh, the theological assertions, or they'll say, well, that's not my political opinion. And so if equal sort of emphasis is being put on the politics as a theology, I guess I'm not a Christian either. And that's not only do we not want that, we don't have the authority to to do that. Um, the, The history of public policy in America is a history of unintended consequences. And so I think we sit in the present moment and say it's so clear that if we just did this, it would lead to this outcome. But people 20 years ago were thinking the same thing about, for instance, criminal justice reform policies that they were uh, that they were advancing 20 years ago in the name of justice, in the name of equity, that now we look back on and say, oh, these were unjust policies. These were policies that drove uh, 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 inequality. Um, and so we need to have a, a sense of humility about our ability to translate what are real and true Christian values, mercy and justice and compassion and righteousness uh, into the political arena. 
Mm, I, I love that. We should have humility. I want to try to see if I can capture this and restate it accurately uh, because it, because it, uh, it, it hit me in a, in a kind of in a deep way. Uh, we have to have humility about our ability to translate what we know to be true Christian values into public policy. Yeah. Um, b- because our, our, our ability to see the full impact of that public policy, we think it's good, we think it's right, is really, really limited. We, we, we see with kind of veiled eyes, to use some biblical language, right? Exactly we can't right. really see. And what we think is going to be right for all people for all time right now, we'll discover, you know, not too distant future that, oh, I guess it was, it was profoundly imperfect, right? And, and so that's part of the danger of elevating any policy stance to that of like, you know, the creeds. To that of, of, of faithfulness. Now, yeah. that is not to say that, you know, um, so what, what I try and do is uh, when I hear Christians talk about their political opinions, um, particularly in private, uh, you know, if we're having coffee or if we're in, in the church context, um, what I'm listening for, and right, remember, it's my job, so I'm I'm in the policy environment. So sometimes it's just my mandate to argue about policy, and, and that's what it is. But in, in community, uh, and we can talk a little bit more about, about Christian ways, I, I think, of going about that. But in, in community, what I'm listening to when folks are expressing political opinions is not even necessarily where they end up, but how they get there. Yeah, so, I mean, one one very clear thing is that if 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 your political opinions are not oriented toward the good, the well-being of uh, your neighbors, including your enemies, um, then your politics is not Christian. And, and so we could have different opinions on, uh, on Medicaid or on uh, or on environmental policy or on immigration policy. Um, but if the thrust of my position or someone else's position is antagonism and animosity and 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 purely sort of self-protection, then that's a good indication uh, not right the judgment isn't isn't even squarely on that their that their their policy position is wrong. it's it's that the way that they got there doesn't, um, might not be informed by the kinds of uh, sympathies and sentiments and uh, preferences that that uh, uh, Christian teaching seems to seems to offer for us. And so that's what I'm paying attention to. Um, and I tend to think that uh, the the more that Christians are um, are are freed up. To, to think Christianly about politics, that the healthier our, our politics will be um, without sort of pinning that to any hopes about this policy passing or that policy passing. It's much more about the, um, the, the, the kind of people we are uh, in our politics than any sort of five-point plan. So, so talking about you know what it is that Christians can add to you know the political environment, the political landscape, let, let's let's go a little deeper on that. Uh, let, let's assume that a good number of people who are listening to this are people of faith, and apart from you know landing on on common good policies that they want to help champion and vote for, what else can Christians uniquely bring to political life and political discourse 
when they're living out their faith genuinely um, and in a way that looks like Jesus, what is it that we can bring to political life and political discourse that you think is sorely needed right now? Oh, gosh. I mean, humility is a great place to to, to start. Um, I think a, um, a, 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 a right-sizing of our political expectations. And so, and this was a subject of mine. Uh, I wrote a book called Reclaiming Hope. And this was sort of the main, one of the main, main points of, of the last couple of chapters, which is um, when you place a burden on politics that should that should not be there. Uh, it's it's not just that you're overshooting; it's that it takes up space for uh, politic uh, for politics to be um, uh, effective, and for politics to be used as the kind of forum uh, uh, for for governance for what it's supposed to be for. In other words, if we're if we're loading our politics with all of these animosities and aspirations and fears and hatreds, um, then then the question of how do we live together it gets crowded out of that equation. And so humility, a right sizing of our political expectations and what we're going to politics for. I think a uh, I reference in other centeredness, we have a politics that's, that's driven by uh, uh, self-interest and uh, Christians have the resources to step back and, and say, this isn't just about me. This is about uh, community. This is about those who are suffering uh, uh, most. Um, I, I, I'd also say, you know, we, we live in a, um, there are uh, increasingly, um, it is becoming pretty rare for embodied uh, institutional diverse communities of people. We have more ability to choose who we relate to and on our own terms than, uh, than really any time before. Um, the, the local church at its best provides a, a context for being in community with people that you might not necessarily choose to be in community with outside of the fact that you're a part of a church together. And that, that fellowship um, is like a, 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 a engine for a constructive civic outlook. In, in other words, like, so I'll give you an example, you know, my, um, uh, my, my church uh, in the DC area has a legal, um, uh, immigration legal aid clinic. Um, and so um, you may remember a few years ago, I mean, it's ongoing, but uh, the, the DACA uh, deferred action uh, crisis was, was really at a, at, a, at a head. And what was, you know, helpful, I think, uh, but, you know, also a, 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 a stressor, but uh, I think what was helpful to our congregation is that it wasn't an issue that was off in the distance for us because we had this ministry. Not only did we have beneficiaries of the legal aid clinic who are members of our church, but our church was, uh, the, the program was staffed by volunteers that came from our church. Our The church building hosted uh, uh, 
a clinic events. So uh, phys- physically, we we were a, a, a home and a resource. And so what that meant was when this was in the news, we didn't, Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever, we didn't, our impulse was not to retreat into sort of partisan narratives and storylines. The first story we told ourselves was about the kind of people God had called us to be. Uh, that is increasingly challenging um, in an environment where political technology and the power of politics as culture is increasingly a dominant narrative in people's minds. The church has the capacity to, to, to retrain uh, uh, people and to gain a better, more dominant frame, sort of narrative frame as people are processing the news and events of the day. And that could be a tremendous gift. Do you feel like the fact that we've lost kind of the right sizing of politics and the fact that we've lost kind of the power of people coming together in the local church to actually live out that, you know, the things that they're, the things that they're trying to to fight for politically. Um, do you think that's due to the fact that we are an increasingly, you know, secular nation? I mean, I, I don't want to like you know, point the finger yeah. at it like a, like a, like a boogeyman of like, ah, oh, secularism, but, but it's true. I mean, we are increasingly secular. We, 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 we don't have a space to kind of live out our religious instincts and aspirations, right? Our need to have an answer, our need to have an identity and our need to reach out to something to help us and save us and fix things. You know, we, we used to be a people who would maybe take that to our places of worship and our communities of faith. And because we're more secular, we, we don't have those places, but we still have those impulses and we've, we've taken them to our politics and it's not helped with our expectations being appropriate, right? Yeah, no, I think that's a big part of the story. Uh, what I'd add to that is, and something I, I think we can sometimes not see as well, is the secularism that's that's in the church um, and the, 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 the ways in which um, you know, if 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 you come from a religious culture, or if some religious language maybe helps, maybe you sort of dress it up a, a, a little. But you're still pursuing sort of secular sort of narratives. You're still pursuing. Um, you're still really operating um, in a framework that says that Jesus really isn't up to the task of our our public life and our politics, and so. Um, I, I agree. I do think that there there are some um, real questions of um, uh, uh, meaning and the ways that the uh, decline of church attendance and um, sort of this idea that um, the only kind of knowledge that you can trust is scientific knowledge that 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 is um, that is a deeply harmful uh, sort of sort of idea to have when you're um uh when self-governance includes so so many non-scientific uh uh, uh kinds of questions it's, it's about the kind of people you are and that you want to be and science isn't going to answer that and so people feel sort of um uh lost at sea when answering those kinds of those kinds of questions so i i, I do think that that plays um that plays that plays a a, a significant role uh, I, I would like for um, uh, I will just point out, though, right? Um, it, it, it's hard not to see that uh, that many non-Christians seem to be 
full of meaning and purpose. I mean, right. I think like 20 years ago, the narrative was, if you're not a Christian, you're a relativist and uh, you know, you're, you're only about yourself. And what we're seeing is now, right. These are misdirected in many cases in different ways, but what we're seeing is um, uh, what's happening that right now is not a complete vacuum of meaning. What's happening right now is not um, uh, a indifference to right and wrong. Uh, what, what we're seeing is, is, is different than that. And we need to be attentive to what's going on uh, outside the church and attentive to the actual questions that particularly young people, young people are asking right now for, if we're going to reach them. And, and I think your point that, you know, there is as much secularism perhaps in the pews as outside of the pews on a Sunday morning is really important. At least, you know, and I think what you're talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, you know, when we when we bring our, our, our worship of a particular political candidate into the church with us and we kind of baptize it and we, and we, we hold up this figure as, you know, one who might be, you know, without explicitly saying it, we imply, you know, sent by God, chosen by God here to do the Lord's work. You know, that's a secular leader, secular aims, but we've wrapped it in our religious phrasing and, and we've, and, and we're kidding ourselves if we think that that's actual true religious expression. It's actually secular expression in a religious context. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a piece of it. I mean, I think I think it works itself out in so so many ways, and that's that's just one. But I I do think that's that's right, and, and you know it it really shows itself when th- there's not consistency in the claim. And so I'm I'm oh I'm actually like um, not com- I, I'm not someone who can definitively say. Um, that 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 uh, I mean I think God is active in the affairs of man, and so uh, I think uh, for for people to say that uh, our previous president or the one uh, our, our current president or the one before him uh, that you know that that there was um, that that this was the, the 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 leader that God allowed for that like that like though that what, what what's interesting is that folks pull out different Bible verses depending on what candidate, depending on who's in office. So, you know, I've been at some events where, uh, you know, if, if uh, certain parties uh, uh, has, has the White House, they'll be uh, talking about Romans and, you know, submitting to authorities. Uh, if it's a different party in office, then all of a sudden they're going to the prophets, you know? And so it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's there where the kind of, wait, are, are you, are you looking for God to use you or are you looking to, to use God and the things of God? And that's what we always need to, to be on guard for. So let's, um, let, let's break this down to, to, um, to kind of a really simple kind of basic level. Um, uh, if you if you could complete this thought for me, I think it'd be helpful for folks. Uh, we are doing our politics wrong when we blank. Can you give us a few answers for that? We're doing our politics wrong when we blank. Yeah, so a few answers. We're doing our politics wrong um, uh, when we when we view politics purely as a forum for self-expression and self-actualization. 
uh, we're doing our politics wrong uh, when we ultimatize it, when we mistake our prudential views for uh, for um, uh, for for um, for, uh, for 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 views that are equal in authority to the core teachings of, of Scripture. Um, we're doing our politics wrong when we're only considering our own self-interest. We're doing politics wrong if um, um, if um, if if we are. Um, if we are um, not attentive um, to, um, to to injustice and 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 to the poor, uh, we're, we're we're doing politics uh, wrong. If we if we're allowing uh, political interests and partisan interests um, and talk radio hosts and cable news. Um, shape our conscience more than uh, than the Word of God. Uh, all, all these things. I mean, we we could we could we could go on. I mean, I think what's we need to um, we need to think much more. Like with so much of life, uh, everyone seems to think that um, people seem to approach the Christian faith and people approach Jesus saying, what are the, what is the thing I could do? What is the action I could take to sort of get in your good graces, to sort of get your sign off? And Jesus time and time again uh, says I I don't need anything from you. What I'm interested in is the orientation of your heart. There is no box to check with me. Um, I, I I am not confused by the outside of the cup. I'm worried about the inside of the cup. Um, and actually, let me let me just say. So I'm a. It it took me a, a, a while to see how directly how direct of a parallel this is and how directly one leads to the other. Uh, but Dallas Willard, who was a, a, a Christian teacher, uh, he, he, he writes in his book, The Divine Conspiracy, uh, about what he calls gospels of sin management. Um, and a p- part of that for him is what he refers to as barcode faith. This, this idea um, that is, uh, particularly, you know, dominant in certain strains of sort of popular evangelical theology, that as long as you have the barcode on, which by he means that you've provided sort of mental assent to a few sort of uh, uh, lines of Christian doctrine, that God can't tell what kind of person you are, just the, the eternal barcode scanner sees the label and you're like, good to go. You're, you get to the good place. Um, and it reduces the Christian faith to, um, 
to to just uh, being willing to sign your line uh, your name on a on a piece of paper. Uh, when 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 really the Christian faith is an invitation to an eternal life that starts now with Jesus. Uh, it took me so long to see how we could go from a Christianity that was about providing mental assent to just a few lines of doctrine um, to a politics in which the way that you are the the way in which you classify yourself as a Christian in politics is just by holding the quote unquote right position on two or three issues. And as long as you do that, you could be the worst kind of person in our civic life as possible. You could be throwing tomatoes at people. Uh, you could be pestering people. You could be speaking words of, of hate and antagonism. You could be su- supporting a whole number of uh, other policies that may even undermine the very position that you're that, that, that uh, is sort of the litmus test. And what I'm saying is, um, that Jesus calls us uh, to follow him in all things. Uh, and he cares deeply about the kind of people we are and the kind of people we're becoming. And I, it, we cannot separate out the social and the political from that. The kind of person you are is the kind of person you are. It's not, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a model, model sort of uh, uh, a church member. I'm a good. I'm I'm a I'm a good member of my family. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a faithful employee. But when I get into politics, I'm I'm a devil. Um, what happens is it's you you can't contain disintegration. For disciples of Jesus, if if you're only trying to follow him in eighty percent of your life. That other 20% doesn't stay contained to that 20%. It actually creeps back into everything else. Um, and so uh, we, we need to just, um, and again, I, I hope your, your audience is, um, is, is hearing this right. The, the, the point is not um, you better have the right political positions or else you're not being faithful. That's exactly not the point. The point is, are we trying to seek Jesus as best as we know how in consultation with community and the discernment with the Holy Spirit uh, in all of life, including politics? Michael, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a question about what it was like to work in the Obama White House specifically. You know, what is something, and and this is just more of a fun question for you. Yeah. What's something that you you um you learned about the president that we might be surprised to know yeah it's a it's a it's a good question it was a complete uh it was a real honor to to work with him and and serve um, the country and you know i worked in the office of faith based and neighborhood partnership so it was um it, it it was um most of my day was meeting with pastors and religious leaders and getting prayed for more than I've ever been prayed for in my life. Uh, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful time in that way. Um, as, as for what I learned about the president, um, I mean, you know, pre- presidents are such 
public figures uh, right now. And he's written, you know, now a couple memoirs. And so it's hard to know what people understand about him and what they don't. And I mean, a, a, a few things. Um, he is, uh, he processes information unlike uh, anybody else I, I've worked with. Um, and, and he is, so, you know, for, you know, uh, I would write a memo and, you know, go in to, to brief him and uh, really try and make sure, uh, you know, I'd say, oh, I got to rem remind him of these three or four things that were, you know, in the memo. And I'd, you know, start talking and realize, oh, like, he read it once and he's good to go. I, there's, unless I have something new to offer, I don't really have much else to offer uh, in, in this moment. I, I sort of, I sort of, he, he has it. So, so that would be one thing, just his ability to process information was incredible. And, and then um, his, um, his instinct for try, and he wasn't always successful uh, either at achieving it or pursuing it. But his dominant instinct was always to pull together as many threads of American opinion and thought as, as possible. And so there are just countless times where, um, uh, where, you know, he, um, where, where he'd ask for information that was sort of outside of sort of the, the, the traditional sort of partisan sort of lines of thought. Uh, I mean, what one, uh, I, I remember, I, I don't know if I should be telling, but uh, so um, uh, I, uh, we, we were doing work on, um, we were trying to build support for a set of common ground policies that would reduce abortion in the country. Um, and uh, he had seen a, a headline, a, a story on the front page of the New York Times about an abstinence only uh, uh, sex education curriculum that uh, showed some positive results in Wisconsin, I believe. And the next sort of communication that was had with him about sort of the general issue, he, 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 he uh, sort of gets word back, you know, I want to know more about this, this program that I read about in the Times. You know, he was thinking, you know, if there's a, because his line, had, his, his position had always been, I'm not opposed to abstinence-only sex ed education. Um, if there is uh, an abstinence-only program that, that has some data to back it up, uh, I, I want to have a look at it. Now, there, there were like some people around him who, frankly, like did not have that opinion. They, 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 were, <laughs> they, they didn't care if they had data to back it up or not. Um, but that's just one example of him. Um, uh, uh, he was... He was um, I think because he was from Hawaii, because of his background, because of his family background, because he was a community organizer who was working to build, bring together uh, diverse uh, communities and churches uh, on the south side of Chicago, he brought this instinct of, of sort of um, 
openness to various uh, approaches to moving the ball forward. And, and I, I just really admire that about him. Michael, thanks so much for sharing those insights. And, and thanks so much for, for your thoughts on this topic. Really appreciate you being with us. Hey, so great. It was a good conversation. Thanks for having me. Rachel, I, I, I love Michael's uh, demeanor and his approach to, uh, to this conversation. He's just such a calm and uh, peaceful and, and, and loving presence. I hope that came, yeah. that came through to those who are listening, because certainly being on this, on this, on this call with him, as we recorded this interview, that came through to me, uh, Michael, um, takes such an intense conversation a typically intense conversation mm-hmm. like politics and he just instills it by virtue of his presence with with peace and warmth and kindness that that's that's my that's my initial impression uh, yeah. what are what are some things from the conversation that stood out to you well you know first of all i just want to echo the same that like he speaks with such tenderness and intention that it it made me emotional like i felt very sensitive to his tenderheartedness and um i just I knew it would be good, but I didn't expect that from this conversation. You know, when he started right off the bat talking about how, you know, as Christians, we're called to love our neighbors. And one of the best ways we can do that is through our politics that, you know, he really seems to take a point of view that my political view is, is my political point of view. And that's good, but it's also about other people. And that's just such a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's for me, that's the that's the make it simple point of politics mm-hmm. is that we, we are we are highly encouraged in this day and age to view everything in particular, our politics through this lens of what does it do for me? What does it get for, for me? How does how does this how does this political decision I'm about to make when I go to the polls uh, or this political opinion I express online? You know, how does it defend things I already believe, protect things I already have and get me more of what I already want? Mm-hmm. And and what what Michael proposes is that politics should be seen as another way to live out this this calling that people of faith have, which is to not look out for your own interests, but to look out for the interests of others. Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and and that I mean, it sounds so simple, but again, that's the theme of this podcast and, and obvious. Yeah. But often the obvious things are, are overlooked, and I think that's certainly the case with politics these days. The simple yeah. and obvious thing is we should view our politics as a lens. Uh, as a as a means rather to to bless people other than ourselves and and to yeah. believe that when when other people are given dignity other people are given opportunity other people are given blessing that that blesses and dignifies and and comes back to me too but i begin with the intention of blessing somebody other than myself i mean that's that, that's really that's really it yeah and he doesn't put it in such a way as like um self-deprecating, like, don't worry about your own concerns, your own thoughts. But he says it like, no, have self-interest, identify your self-interest. But as Christians, I think he says, we're freed up to also think of others. And so it's actually like a, like, what a beautiful position I have that I can hold both in my hand. Um, And that I get the privilege of looking out for my neighbor and for others. And I just not, I mean, I had not, I can't say it enough. It was so refreshing just to hear that, like, yeah, there's a gentle, like this, yeah. what a great thing we get to do through politics. We get to love others. Yeah. Um, but, but it but was so good. To, to your point, he's not, he's not, you know, asserting that we take on this kind of false altruism that can never right. really be lived out where we divorce our own needs completely from our political positions. It, it was, he, he's really honest. Like, no, you, you have needs too. Mm-hmm. You have, you have desires. Uh, you have things you want to see happen. Recognize those. I mean, you stated it perfectly. Recognize those, but also because you're a person of faith, you are free to think of other people 
as well, alongside, if not on top of your own interests. He even says like, thank goodness we're a body. Like, isn't it good that we have different perspectives and different experiences instead of this point of view, like, no, everyone should think this way or it should be that way. It's like, no, thank goodness that God has made us a body, a Christian body, so that we have different points of view and different perspectives so that we can all come together. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the things that should be in, you know, so if you're listening and, and you're not a person of faith, my, my hope is that is that there's a couple things that would be really intriguing to you about how how politics gets lived out in the hands of people who have faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, specifically the fact that, you know, if, if I don't have faith, you know, politics has to play this really, really large and important role in my life that, that's um, uh, where there's a lot of urgency and there's, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot at stake in my politics. Uh, if I don't have faith, but mm-hmm. um, for the person of faith, certainly, certainly politics are important and the stakes are high. But but we also believe that there's someone greater out there who's at work behind it all and who's caring for us and who's watching over us. And so politics is 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 free to be this thing that that um, is important but not ultimate. And mm-hmm. like, don't you want to live in a world where politics is important? but it's not ultimate because right. for so many people, it feels like it's the ultimate reality right yeah. now, these political realities. And look at what that's getting us. It's right. getting us this intensity and this, 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 uh, this constant arguing and, and this life or death intensity to every single political conversation we have. And if, and if you're a person of faith, you, you, you don't necessarily have to go there because you believe someone other than the Democrats or Republicans is holding the world right. in its hands, right? Right. Yeah. I, you know, I also liked how he talked about um, less, he, he's less concerned with what a person believes, mm-hmm. but with how they make that decision. Yeah. Um, and with that, like he tied in and I, I, I cannot, I love this, this, this thing he said, where he said, the kind of person you are is the kind of person you are. It doesn't matter who you think you are or this idea you have of yourself, but like the things you do, the decisions you make, the way you vote, like that reflects like who you are. Um, And so it's that inner like where discernment. Um, And he said, that's where it matters with politics. Like what's, what's, Mm -hmm. what is my inner gut? What does the Holy spirit, what what does my conscience tell me? And that how you make those decisions really matter. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and I think that, you know, for me, what what makes that point important is that you know you can have all the right quote unquote political beliefs, mm-hmm. but you can get to them or express them in all the wrong ways, and and in a way that harms other people, in a way that breaks relationships, and you know how you carry yourself is a is a, is a true expression of, of who you really are. So you can have all the quote unquote right moral political beliefs, but if you act like a jerk, you're mm. a jerk. And right. and that should bother you. And so how we carry ourselves, how we how we come to our political uh, our political opinions, how we express those things, that matters as much if not more than the actual political decisions we make because you know what those are the, how we carry ourselves is is how we act in relationships with real people and how we set the tone of the culture around us and the and the families that we're in and the and the businesses that we're a part of like that that matters the churches we're a part of that that matters and so I, I appreciate it as well his his insight there. Absolutely. And, you know, just coming back to that reflects the heart of God. It reflects Jesus. Like Jesus cared about who we, who we are as people, um, more than like our points of views or what we do or 
our careers or any of that. And so I just like that his point of view really echoes that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, if, if you want to read more from Michael, you can go to his Substack. And if you're not familiar with what Substack is, it's, it's, it's basically a subscription service where you get insider access to, to someone's writings, thoughts, and um, all, all the different kinds, kinds of like media and things that they create. And so he has a Substack where I think for basically whatever you want to pay per month from like, you know, a dollar to, to more, you get access to, to what he offers. And so if you want to learn more about that, and, and I really, I really suggested that there's a couple of people on Substack that I follow and you get great content. And, and Michael, if you care about politics and you're a person of faith, um, regardless of your political persuasion, um, uh, he, he's really worth a listen. So you go to reclaiminghope.substack.com. That's reclaiminghope.substack.com. It's really, really good stuff. You can also grab his book by the same name, Reclaiming Hope, where he talks about his time in the Obama White House, and he gives some really great thoughts on the future of faith and politics in America. Rachel, great conversation. Um, you know, politics is a tough thing to talk about, but we, yeah. we had a great expert with us to help us break it down just a little bit and help us understand what it means to, to engage in it faithfully. It was a good conversation. I'm glad we were able to That's do great. it. great. Yeah, I really so, enjoyed uh, this. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. So, mm-hmm. so I, I don't think it'll be the last time we talk politics or some particular angle of it because it's such a big <laughs> thing. But, um, but this was a this was a good conversation. So, on to the next one. I look forward to uh, to uh, to doing this again with you very soon. And thank you for for listening in and uh, being a part of it. So, Rachel, until next time. Let's do it again. Thanks for helping us make it simple. The show is produced by MPM. Our editor is Marsha Lambeth. Artwork for the show was designed by Brenton Little, and communications is done by Danielle Chisler. Do you have a topic you'd like us to tackle or an expert you'd like us to chat with? Send your ideas to info at mattpopovitz.com. That's info at M-A-T-T-P-O-P-O-V-I-T-S dot com. And if you'd like more information about Make It Simple or MPM, just head to mattpopovitz.com.